Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Bad on Paper podcast. I'm Grace Atwood. And I'm Becca Freeman. And today we have an amazing guest. I have been so, so excited about getting her on. Like, this is a big one for us. Yeah, we have Akila Hughes, and she has some very interesting tea about her future political plans that she's going to spill. That's all anyone wanted to know. I got like so many questions when I did the little call for questions about that. I know. So who who even cares about us? But like, let's talk about ourselves anyway. Yeah. So, Becca, what was your high this week? I have two highs. Things are great. First, we were in Nashville and Charleston for our last two live shows uh, from Wednesday to Sunday. And these were like the two that we tacked on as fun cities. So I've never been to Charleston and you've never been to Nashville. Um, And they were great. We stayed with your parents in in Charleston who are so cute. They're the best. I only had one day to explore and I already want to go back. Charleston is much bigger than I expected. Yeah, it's huge. There's so much to do. I had no idea. I thought it was going to be like seven blocks by seven blocks and I was going to walk around for six hours and I would be like, oh, I'm done. Yeah. Nope. No, I have so much exploring to do and so much food. I posted a photo and people started giving me recommendations and I was like, I want to eat at all of these places. Yeah. The Charleston restaurant scene is out of control. It's amazing. Yeah. And Nashville was fun too. I'd been there, but um, it was like a much lower key time than I have previously had there. Yeah. So that's combined one of my highs. My second high is that I got a king-size bed. That's the best. I'm adulting so hard. So in my new apartment, my bedroom is much bigger, and I had the room for it. So I was like, might as well. Grace, I'm so excited. I've been a big advocate of her getting a king-size bed because when I moved to Brooklyn two years ago, I got one. And it's the best. I mean, first of all, the bed itself is really pretty, like the frame. I love your bed frame. But I'm very excited to luxuriate. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. The best. I'm going to go, after we're done here, I'm going to go upstairs and I'm going to read in the middle of my bed with the air conditioning blasting. That sounds like a perfect night. Apparently, I'm not working out. <laughs> Whoops. What's your high? My high is that now, like, please, like, let's hope this happens. I've just had so many deadlines. Plus, we've been on tour. So I'm really hoping that I can finish my work today and tomorrow and a little bit on Wednesday and take Thursday and Friday completely off. Like, I know that my life looks very leisurely on, and I make it look fun on Instagram. I don't remember the last time I had a day where I didn't do any work at all. So I'm really hoping that Thursday and Friday are going to be totally work-free. I'm not going to post to my blog. I might share like a little bit of like fun things on Instagram, but like true, true vacation days. Exciting. Yes. What about lows? I just feel this kind of ties into my high. I just feel extremely burnt out. I feel like my life is out of control. Like the mail pile is building up. Like there are like 25 checks that I haven't deposited into my bank account. Like what? I always deposit a check the minute somebody gives it to me. That is never a problem I've had. Oh no, I don't because I do it on, on my phone. I, you got to teach me that, but I got to go to the bank. So Grace, you're so elderly. <laughs> I know. So it's the easiest thing. You just take a picture of it. You can teach me that later. I'm. This is when our age difference comes into play. Um, so I just feel like I need like a personal like life coach to like just like or like an assistant to just organize me, which obviously is I'm not going to get that. I'm going to just take some time to do these things myself. I also just feel like, you know, when you look in the mirror and you're like, 
oh, wow, like I'm puffy. I'm tired looking. I have bags under my eyes. My wrinkles are showing. Um, I need some pampering. So I think I'm going to like go to the spa or do something like get a facial. Okay. Um, maybe I'll get Botox. I don't know. I need oh, help. just one or the other. I just need to be fixed. Very I, I feel very broken. Like I need organization, Botox, and a facial. I still haven't done Botox. Someone's going to come after me and be like, have you done it yet? Or be like, I can't believe you haven't done it yet. I have not done it. I'm afraid of needles. I am not anti-Botox. I'm just waiting until I feel that I really need it. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying this because this is what happens in the DMs once if I even mention Botox. Wow. Yeah. But I, I'm feeling a little just rough and haggard. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? I, well, I feel like you you have enough low for both of us. <laughs> I don't have one. And I'm very nervous about not having one. And I don't want the universe to smite me. You have no lows. I have no lows. I'm very happy. Great. Everything's great. I'm happy. I just feel disorganized and ugly. Oh. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I don't really know what to say to that. <laughs> I don't think you're ugly. I don't know if you, you, it sounds like you might be disorganized, but I'll teach you how to deposit I'm checks. Both. I'm, I need that. I need that. That sounds wonderful. You know, it would cheer Grace up. You know what would cheer me up? Cheer me up, guys. Leave me or leave us a review. We haven't had Desperation Minute in a while because we've been trying not to talk about live, live shows, shows and Desperation Time. The live shows are over, so now it's time to get desperate. Leave us a review. It's the best thing that you can do to help us grow and to get new people to listen to us. If you've done that, put us in your story. If you have friends who love books or skincare or gravity blankets, tell them about us. Spread the word. Don't keep us to yourselves. Share. Share us. Tell your friends. I get a lot of DMs of people who want us to come to their city. And they're like, come to... I'm trying to think of an example. (laughs) Come to Minneapolis. Yeah. Which I want to come to Minneapolis because my sister lives there. But I think we have five listeners in Minneapolis. I know. And I always tell people, I'm like, you have to get your friends on board because... we can't just, we can't just come for you. So yeah, tell your friends. Tell your friends. Um, yeah, and that concludes desperation minute. Yeah, but let's just do a quick, quick talk about our live shows because they were so much fun. These were really fun. So these two were smaller. They were much smaller. And um, in Nashville, especially, the audience was rowdy, which I love. Oh, my God. You guys were so rowdy. And I think, was Nashville our biggest meet and greet? I feel like Nashville was our smallest show and our biggest meet and greet. It could be. Yeah. It could be. We loved meeting you guys. One of our listeners has promised to help get me verified on Instagram. So, Riley, I'm going to hold you to that. (laughs) I'm so terrifying. I'm not actually. That would be like my dream. I had a dream that I got verified the next day and I woke up and I still had no blue check mark. Sad. Very sad. Um, But no, these shows were so fun. And um, in Nashville, we had Mary Laura Philpott, who we were talking about last time. And you were saying that we were either going to love each other or hate each other. And Spoiler, we love each other. I knew you would love her. Or at least I love her. I love her, too. I love her so much. We have to get her as a real guest. I know. She had such good reading recommendations, too. Oh, my God. I know. Also, in Charleston, we had a fun little, like, mini show sponsor. We worked with Hampton, which is a store down there, and they dressed us. And I'm not even saying this because we have to because we don't yeah they didn't have any deliverables they're just like we want to give you clothes but um i had the best experience in their store so i'd never been there um i ordered something online and it came and it was really truly tragic 
It was just unflattering. It just wasn't meant for your body. It was not meant for me. Yeah. So I went into the store on Wednesday. And first of all, the store is really cool. They have like just it kind of reminds me of like your cool friend's closet. You know, there's just like one of everything and there's like a bunch of stuff. Yes. But it's all cool. And um, the shop girl there helped me. She spent hours helping me and she was just pulling out things that I never would have tried on. She helped me find such a fun outfit that I ended up loving. And I just felt so great. I, it was such a good shopping experience. They're the best. I've said this forever and I wish you could have met Stacy. Stacy is the owner. She will like look at your body and just like pull out a thousand things that she thinks you should try on. Like something will be an extra small, something will be an extra large and they will all fit you perfectly. She is magical except she takes all of my money whenever I go there. It's very, very dangerous. It was great. I love shopping outside of New York City. I know that everyone gets jealous because they think that we have so much shopping and we do, but it's always just like next level crowded. Yes, I shop mostly online despite living here. Yeah. But wait, I want to talk about our hotel for a minute. I loved our hotel in Nashville, the Noel. So I think it's one of the prettiest hotels that I've ever stayed in. Oh, yeah. The design is insane. Like the bottom floor, you feel like maybe you're at Soho House. It's like like velvet couches and like really high ceilings. I think it might have been an old bank, but don't quote me on this. It looks like it could have been. Um, the rooms are amazing. They're so beautiful. They have, um, I know this was Becca's favorite feature. They give you a ref- like refillable Oh, that's bottles. what I was going to say. Say it. Say it. Okay. So I've never seen this in a hotel before, but they give you refillable water bottles. And then in the hall, they have kegs of water and they have sparkling and still. And as yes. a sparkling water enthusiast, I really appreciated this. Yes. And that was amazing. And they also have a speakeasy downstairs. They have the best coffee shop, which is called Drugstore Coffee. It was... They also have a rooftop bar with a great view. Oh, my gosh. I, like, wanted to live there. It was so beautiful. It was one of my favorite hotels I've ever stayed in. Yeah, it was great. You should go stay there. Yeah, go stay there. We should go stay there. Yes. But now, let's stop talking about us. Let's start talking to Akila. So today's guest is Akila Hughes, and I don't even know where to begin with her. So she's a writer, a comedian, a YouTuber. She's been featured in Forbes. She wrote the cover story for June's issue of Teen Vogue, which is amazing. She's a guest on Pod Save America, which I don't know, I'm quite starstruck by. Yes. Naturally, the next step is bad on paper after Pod Save America. Oh, yeah. We're their biggest competition. Everyone knows that. (laughs) Seriously, is there anything she cannot do? I don't think so. She has a book coming out this fall, which we're so excited about. And somehow we conned her into coming on this podcast to talk to us. Well, I mean, actually, Shanae just introduced us. But (laughs) we are thrilled. Akila, thank you for being here. Wow, thank you for having me. I'm excited. Me Me too. too. This is a big get for us. We're so happy you're here. (laughs) The people listening just turned it off. (laughs) This is the beginning. If you can't see, because this is a podcast, I am very not wearing makeup. (laughs) Oh, just no one here is wearing makeup. Oh, good. Put on my brows for you. Oh, they look great. Thank you. I don't. I don't like to leave my house without my brows on. But that's as much as you got. (laughs) That's real. That's real. So, okay, I think most of our audience knows who you are, but can you tell us in your own words, who are you? What do you do? Word. Um, I'm sort of like the trash can that Oscar the Grouch lives in. Um, <laughs> very homey, spacious, filled with grumpy feelings. Um, now, I'm I'm a writer and comedian. I'm based in Brooklyn. I'm from the South. Uh, 
And my background is sort of like, I started on YouTube back when no one was making money and then people started making money and I'm like, oh, I'm an adult now. (laughs) (laughs) So now I just kind of do stuff everywhere. I wish that I could define myself a little bit more clearly, but you're a multi-hyphenate. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a triple threat. (laughs) I'm like, don't ask what those threats are. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So maybe a better way to do it is how did you get where you are today? Can you walk us through from when you were in college until yeah. now? Wow. Okay. So uh, I went to college in Kentucky because that's where I'm from. Uh, small liberal arts school, Berea College, like 2,000 kids, middle of nowhere. And uh, The Lonely Island was on Saturday Night Live. And when I saw Lazy Sunday, I was like, that's what I want to do with my life. Like, I'll get a degree, whatever. But like making funny videos for the internet was like just the peak and no one was really doing it for money or anything. So I was like, let's just do that in our free time. And so uh, while I was getting my like broadcasting degree, we made a ton of just terrible videos like me and my friends on campus. And I loved it so much. And then I, um, I moved to, Disney World for an internship. What? Yeah. I have I've heard a lot about their internship program. You need to tell us about that. It is like there is a chapter in my book. I'm sure I'll get sued (laughs) to death by Disney. So this will be the last time you all hear me publicly. Um, But yeah, it was a wild time. And I ended up moving back there after college because it was the recession. And I'm like, well, I can at least get a job here. Um, and while I was in Orlando, uh, there was a YouTube convention that started there called Playlist Live. And so I met all of these YouTubers who like literally back then I was like, who are any of these people? Like, who gives a shit? It was like Tyler Oakley <laughs> and like all of these like big name people um, now. But back then it was just like regular people with YouTube channels. Um, and I met some people that I had you know, just followed online. And they were like, we're making real money doing this. Like, I'm a millionaire. Like, I'm buying my mom a house. And I'm like, oh, I can't afford my $200 rent. <laughs> I got to get the fuck out of uh, Florida. So I was like, yeah, time to go. And uh, I moved back home, kept making YouTube videos, had a very what I call inconvenient year where it's like, look, I'm not doing anything I want to do, but I'm saving money. And then I, uh, I ended up going I I worked there for a year and then I moved to New York in 2012, started doing sort of like improv classes at UCB. And then I had like two videos that just went viral back to back. And I was like, cool, (laughs) this is what I do. What were the two videos? Uh, So the first one was literally the week after I got dumped by my boyfriend. And he is a white guy, but (laughs) it only matters insofar as the video is called Meet Your First Black Girlfriend. (laughs) It was sort of about (laughs) dating him. Um, and then like a week later, because I was sad because I got dumped, I made a video called Christmas Cookies for Singles, <laughs> which is Oh, my God. Like, I know what I'm doing tonight. Yes. Please binge watch all of my 2013 hits. <laughs> oh, no. I was going to make Christmas Cookies for one. <laughs> yeah. Both. Watch the video, then make some cookies. Yes. Uh, the recipe in it is <laughs> not great. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and it kind of was a different time online. So like all of the different outlets were just picking it up instead of like having their own video departments making videos, they would just like watch YouTube videos and mm-hmm. you know, share them. Um, and so it was like literally just back to back. These videos happened. I quit my job. I then got like hired by MTV and it was just like, great. Now I make videos for different places. And, and then I got a book deal shortly thereafter. So yeah, that's sort of how I got here. <laughs> Did you have like a clear picture when you were in college of where this was leading? No way. Oh, okay. <laughs> no one had done it like this. Also, like podcasts didn't exist. Right. So it was like, I mean, if they did, I don't know what they were, you know? Yeah. It was like maybe talk radio. But uh, so like when I started doing like Pod Save and Love It or Leave It, like that happened sort of 
just out of the blue. Like they somehow knew who I was and they're like, do you want to come on an episode? Do you want to be a contributor? Whatever. And so there really wasn't a path. Like people hadn't made a ton of money. They weren't like, there wasn't a book that said like, here's how to be a YouTuber. Like none of that existed. And so it is weird sort of like, existing at the beginning of an industry yeah because like a lot of times people would be like oh this is so messed up things aren't happening I'm like it's only been around for a decade like <laughs> yeah like if te- like television sucked for the first 10 years like we don't even know what's coming you know so it's uh it's just a weird time so what i'm taking from this is that you're a multi-hyphenate and a trailblazer yeah yeah exactly i'm gonna say all of that when i want an emmy <laughs> It was hard for me growing up in Kentucky as a multi-hyphenate trailblazer. And they're going to just like boo me off the stage. <laughs> oh, my God. Cut to the music. Cut to commercial. <laughs> Take away the award. Sure. Wait. So you have a new book coming out September 24th. Yes. Not that I, either of us haven't pre-ordered it or, any, or anything. <laughs> We're so excited for that. But can you talk to us a little bit about it? Yes, for sure. So the book is called Obviously Stories from My Timeline, which is like a nod to the internet. I realized a lot of people didn't get that. They were like, oh. what does stories from my timeline mean? And I'm like, I mean, it means what it yeah. means. <laughs> But um, it's about growing up in the South, sort of not seeing yourself uh, reflected in your community, but then like social media happening at the same time and sort of finding people that way. Um, And so it sort of just follows. It's like specific little essays about moments in my life, starting from like very small beginnings in Kentucky, leading all the way to I think the last essay in the book is um, when I went to the Sundance Labs in like Utah and met Robert Redford. So it was like. Honestly, <laughs> so many weird things have happened in my life, but they're all just sort of funny, short essays. Some One essay is like literally a page. It's like three sentences. <laughs> and I'm like, this is art. <laughs> so if you like art, <laughs> buy my book. If you like short fiction. Yes, very short like fiction. Very short nonfiction. <laughs> yes, it's uh, it's definitely a fun, like light read. And uh, I had a good time writing it. It took me four years. So Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, they were asking for the money back by the time. Oh, my God. That's so stressful. (laughs) It was. It was. But I ended up having, like, a health crisis in the middle of writing the book. And so I was like, okay, well, nothing I've written so far is going in because none of that matters anymore. And then it was like, I'm going to take a year to recover and not write anything. So, you know, I I think I earned that time. But also, you know, we got it done. That's all that matters. (laughs) They're not getting that money back. (laughs) The end. (laughs) Okay, so we want to talk more about the book later, but we have some like we have some life questions. Ooh. People submit our questions. Oh, so yeah? these are questions that people had about you. Word. Well, shout out to the people submitting questions. We also got a, I have no questions. I'm just really excited to hear from her. Oh, wow. So, Is that my mom? <laughs> she's like, she never calls me back. <laughs> she's got like 10 Instagram handles and she's like, so excited. What a great guest. Yeah, she's like, she's so beautiful. Tell her that. <laughs> I'm like, mom, shut up. <laughs> All right, wait. So you told us you grew up in Kentucky, mm-hmm. and now you're in New York. What was the transition like? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I feel like Orlando was the baby step in between. Okay. So it's like I got at least a little indoctrinated in, like, <laughs> any culture. <laughs> or at least, like, um, just, like, a city sort of environment. But it was shocking. Like, I remember the when I first moved here in 2012 like the first lesson I learned was like don't smile at strangers on the street like they think you're crazy (laughs) oh my god I realized that I'd lived in a city too long when I my 
parents lived in Florida and in like a, a sub community, like a gated community. Mm-hmm. And when I would drive around and people would wave and I would be like, who the fuck's that? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know them. And I'm like, oh my God, I've lived in a city for too long. Yeah, like actually, I have the same experience when I visit my parents in Charleston. Everyone's so nice. And you're like, what, what, what is I don't know want? you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like, I don't want to buy your big statements. Like I'm just a nice old man <laughs> waving <laughs> on the street. And so I had to, you know, shed some of that like Southern, I don't know, <laughs> just like, kindness i don't know i think i'm still kind but uh you're the person having like a half hour conversation with the guy in union square who wants you to get a haircut yes, exactly right exactly right like i start dancing with the guy who's in his underwear dancing <laughs> they're like that's you're actually not supposed to do that <laughs> that's a problem but um it was just it's so different and i think especially where i grew up in the south there wasn't a big diversity of career options yeah so like being able to do comedy or being able to, you know, just try different things while you were working your day job, it just didn't exist. Like, I would go to my marketing job and then go home. <laughs> and that was it. Or, like, we only had one comedy club even. So I just, yeah. I felt like there was so much more opportunity to just be out and meet new people that, like, you know, you didn't go to high school with. Um like, I don't know if you all go to the movies in the park in New York in the summer, but, like, that's my favorite thing to do. And it's such a different, like, if they did that in Cincinnati, <laughs> which is the big city from, you know, as closest yeah. to me, it's like that, that would have probably changed the way I saw the rest of the world. But I think that there's just so much opportunity for, like, spontaneity in the city that I'm, like, I'm really, I've grown into it. <laughs> You're a city gal now. I am a city gal. I can never go back. <laughs> well, who's to say? Did you <laughs> always think that you would end up here? Uh, not New York specifically, but I always wanted to go to a bigger place. Like, I think yeah. when I was younger, I always thought it would be L.A., but I'd never been to L.A. Right. And I was just like, oh, they have the beach. I love the beach. Yeah. Um, And or like Chicago, just because, you know, a lot of comedians start there. And I thought, you know, that's where comedy is, Um, which is not untrue. It's just, you know, it's also a little dangerous. <laughs> Trails off into like fear. Um <laughs> But yeah, I I think that I always knew I would move somewhere outside of Kentucky just because I, it never really felt like like the I don't know what I expected home to feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Um so you also travel a lot for work. Yes. <laughs> Somebody wanted to know what is your favorite and least favorite part of that? Ooh. Um I have a lot of rituals when I go to the airport. Ooh, like and so, what? I mean like so some people like drink before a flight. I believe that like there are no calories at the airport. Oh, me too. <laughs> yeah. I'll, like, I'll eat like a family sized bag of Chex Mix while I'm waiting for the plane to board. So I like, I love that. I love spending too much money on like air, like neck pillows. Like I have like probably 50 because I leave them everywhere. But I'm like, cool, $40 for a tiny pillow that's like going to just be covered in other people's breath by the time I get somewhere. Like, yeah. yay. Um, so I do like that. I, I love airports like the same way that I love hotels. It's just there's something about it that's like, this is a temporary time in my life. And there will be no record of me having been here. No, it's like I'm adult gone. Disneyland. It you is. can do anything in an airport. Yes, and you can like, I just, this sounds really, I was about to say something so dumb, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, I like going into little stores and touching things, and I like don't feel comfortable doing that in like cities. Like, I'm like, sure. they're going to think I'm going to break it. But at the airport, I'm like, I'm going to fucking break it. Who cares? <laughs> um, I know this isn't about me, but I was, we were just in Chicago and Grace and I were taking separate flights. I was going to Boston. She was coming back here. So we we were by ourselves Mm -hmm. and I was at the airport. It's probably like 10 in the morning. And I went to an airport Chili's because I love Chili's. Yes. And I'm sitting there and like half the people are drinking giant margaritas. There's this old man next to me who's eating a cup of chili. Oh my God. Because it's like. 
chili. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's what you want at 10 in the morning. That's exactly right. And I was like, should I get a basket of chips and salsa? And I was like, fuck it. <laughs> I don't think that time exists in the airport. No, it, like, no, it doesn't. I've seen people force feeding their children like Auntie Anne's at 6 a.m. I'm like, you know what? People are just going to be like, we are the wildest we ever are in the airport. So I do love that. I think the least favorite thing, though, is like, I really like my apartment. Like, I love mm, being home. That's how I feel, too. Yeah. And so, like, as much as I as much as I like spending time in airports and like flying and going to different places, like, oh, man, I get home and I just like lay on the ground and cry. <laughs> like, I'm like, I love it here. <laughs> Don't make me leave again. It's like one week later, you're back on a plane. <laughs> But I think that it's important to make your home somewhere you want to come back to. So that's what I've tried to do. Yeah. I also think there's something really great about staying alone in a hotel room. Oh, oh my it. God. The best. Yeah. But I'm also not the kind of person, like, if I'm traveling for fun, which, like, what's that? <laughs> but when it happens, or if I have a free day when I'm doing, like, podcasts or something, um, I'm not the person who, like, goes and explores a city, like, naturally. Mm. I am far more likely to just, like, keep ordering room service every meal and, like, yeah. than, like, going to the gym for the free water while they clean my room and coming back. <laughs> like, I just love, I love a hotel. I want someone to clean my house, but I just, I'm still in that point where I'm like, I can't justify the cost of this. Like, I am an able-bodied person who has time. <laughs> I should clean my own house. Oh, I had a cleaning yeah. lady, and I think she ghosted me. Oh, Wow. What did you do to her? I don't know. I don't know. But she like came once, deep cleaned my apartment to the point where she like took my hair out of my hairbrush. Whoa. Like I was like, this is very extreme. That's incredibly deep. Yeah. It's incredibly <laughs> deep cleaning. And then when I was like, I'd like to schedule you to come back, never Not heard good. from again. I'd followed up with her twice, never heard oh, from her. What a bummer. Yeah. So I mean, like, don't get a cleaning lady unless you can handle like. I the- really can't. <laughs> the rejection is hard for me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm laughing because when I was in DC, like I knew I should go sightseeing. Mm-hmm. It was the day after our live show, and I all I wanted to do was just lay in bed. I was so tired. Yes. I'm like, there is something so luxurious about like having someone clean for you, yes. having someone bring you your food, like on a beautiful tray with like yes. the little covers in case it gets cold. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's kind oh, of have my you team. not trained your cat to do that? <laughs> no, I'm trying to. Where is he? Right? Yeah, I haven't seen. Yeah. I've literally been here for You'll never 25 minutes, and I've yeah. not seen a cat. Yeah, <laughs> I would have never known which i think is to your credit sometimes you walk into a house and never see a cat but you know there's a cat yeah <laughs> that's true yeah i didn't know there was a cat no so. he's scared of everything you might not see him that's yeah. legit yeah. it's like sitting in my lap this whole time like, oh my God. <laughs> love it um so one thing we always talk about here is confidence mm-hmm. and you've been really open about your struggle your struggle why can't i say the word struggle i don't know i feel it's like so my mouth hard. is filled with liquid <laughs> it's not <laughs> like every word i'm saying I'm, like, <laughs> I'm glad it's not just me you've been really open about your struggle with both your weight and with acne mm-hmm. what are some of your tips for like feeling great when you're like having just one of those shit days yeah i mean i think you know on a day-to-day basis like when you're having one of those days i think it's like very important to just accept that that's a feeling you're gonna have that day but like also I uh, love to just get a little stoned and go back through my Instagram mm. <laughs> and like see the days where I looked really good and be yeah. like, okay, so this is clearly not my like highlight day, but there were times when I was very good looking and that's, you know, that's something to look forward to. I also think, you know, what I've really learned in the past year is like, it's very important to me to just come to terms with the fact that like, I look how I look 
And for one thing, most people aren't paying attention to what I look like specifically. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Even when people go to my Instagram, I don't think that they're looking for like, is Akila ugly today? <laughs> is she good looking? <laughs> like no one gives a crap. Yeah. But I also think like I had just like this very, I don't even know if it's an epiphany, but I truly think like if I look something like I look right now for the rest of my life, am I going to spend the rest of my life hating that? Or am I just going to be like, this is fine. And like, I think sometimes body positivity and that sort of thing can be scary to people because it feels so like, okay, I have to be rah, rah. I love my stretch marks. And I'm like, I don't, I don't love mine. Like They could be in different locations, <laughs> but I also am like, it, it doesn't even have to be that. It can just be like, you know what? This is what I look like. So what? Like there are people who look way worse and like, they're probably happier than me today. So I should probably just chill out about it. That's true. Yeah. Was there anything that like caused that switch or did you just, is it just getting older? I think part of it is getting older. I also think like spending so much of your life striving to be something and you have this ideal and whether that's a number or like no dark spots on my face or no pimples. And it's like, uh, it's just not realistic. And it's also a great way to never be satisfied. Mm -hmm. And I think that like, there are enough reasons on earth not to be satisfied that like looking in the mirror doesn't have to be part of that. Like, yeah. Yeah. I just think that, you know, it's, there was a time I, I listened to this really great podcast actually. Uh, it's called ologies. I don't know if you all are familiar. I've heard of it. I've it's, never listened. I'm it's add great. It to my list. It's really good. Um, and I think it's also a great companion piece to this podcast. Um, but it's this woman who's just deeply curious. And so okay. she'll have different, um, experts. Come Ward. Yes. And she had an episode that was specifically about like the history of beauty and like what that means. And the expert was so interesting, but what they really pointed out was like, one, we, we see way too many people nowadays. Like there was a time when you'd see 50 people in your whole life. Right. That's true. <laughs> and yeah. now it's like you see thousands of people on your Instagram every day with completely impossible facial features and things that you can nitpick and pick and choose. And she's like, so that's one thing. Like you should probably just follow more animals because you don't judge animals. Like I've never seen a dog and be like, that dog's fat. That dog has bad skin. I hate that dog's toenails. Like <laughs> no one does that. We're way harder on people, but also like there were way less mirrors. Like before mirrors became a part of everyone's home, no one really knew what they looked like. Like it was just like people based on how people reacted. And typically in person, people are very polite, you know? Yeah. So yeah. it's like they didn't have a reason to care and have self-esteem directly tied to what they look like. And God, so everyone in the 1800s must have felt great about themselves. Yeah, they were themselves. like, oh, yes. so hot. <laughs> yeah. And they also died at 30. So it's yeah, like, they never you know? got old and wrinkly. <laughs> yeah. They were like, that's the end. We did it. Young and hot the whole time. <laughs> no complaints. Would do again. I mean, like, like bathing yeah. in dentistry wasn't really a thing exactly. either. So. Yeah, exactly. People smelled bad. You know, you really just took what you could. And yeah. I think that that's, you know, that's admirable. <laughs> Good for them. So I try to Pros think and cons. That. Yeah. Pros like, and cons. Also, yeah, we're all way better looking than the 1800s. So let's just take that, internalize that. <laughs> Historically speaking, people have never been more attractive. <laughs> Good <Yeah>. for us. <laughs> Cheer for humankind, you know? We're part of that. Yeah, we're part of that generation. We, we did that. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Okay, wait. So I have a more serious one. <laughs> you you were saying before you grew up in the South. Mm -hmm. You didn't feel like people looked like you. I know you've talked a lot about race in other places. Yes. Um, and I think I, I can't even imagine what that feels like, but I want to hear a little bit about it. And then particularly how you coped and then how we, a couple of white ladies, <laughs> can be better allies. Word, word. Um, it was definitely difficult 
which is like the dry hump of what I could say about <laughs> growing up and feeling like you just didn't belong. Um, and I think that like the real, the most painful part for me, you know, you can learn about history and you can see videos of things happening and you can read Dr. King's speeches and you can be like, I know that people are people and they should be treated with respect and be valued. And like, I think that on a base level, that's what everyone can do and people sure. choose not to fine. But what was really hard as like a fifth grader, <laughs> you know what I mean? In the South was, I, I think like nitpicking myself because it's easier to find things you can change about yourself and be like, I should, you know, maybe run more. I should wash my face differently. I should change my hair, whatever. That's a lot easier to accept mm -hmm. than, you know, people just don't like you because you're black. Like, <laughs> that's just reality. You are less liked. You are considered less attractive, less intelligent, less worthy of love. And I think it took me really growing through that. And like through eating disorders and like picking my like face all the time and just being so like uncomfortable in my skin because I'm like, no, like there's something about me that I can change that will change people's mind about me and therefore about all black people. And it's like, that's not my job. Like as a teenager, my job is to like make out with boys and like do my <laughs> homework. Like that's all I should have been focused on. And I think that that burden you know, after a certain point, after a certain level of, you know, meeting people who are like you and realizing that, like, that's not an isolated incident. Like, a lot of people feel that way, um, especially black women, um, you know, and like every intersection that you add to that, it's just a little bit worse. I think uh, after a certain point, you know, you can either keep trying to fit in or you can say, maybe you all aren't my people. Maybe you'll get it one day, but I'm going to go find people who like see me as the person that I am. And so I think in a lot of ways it was like I had to move away to mm -hmm. feel that like my hair is awesome. <laughs> if you don't follow me, I have very curly, cute hair. Not today, but you don't see it anyway. So <laughs> just, you know, suspicion, you disbelief, right? like my hair is so luxurious and very moisturized today. <laughs> but like I would go to hair salons and people would be like, oh, let me straighten that for you. Like it's clearly bad. And it's like I didn't even know that my hair was cool until I moved to New York. Like, wow. Basic things like that, that people just take for granted. And I think, um, you know, on that level, it was important for me to just see more black people and see that like they, a lot of them just don't care about like, frankly about what other people think about them. Um, but also them like truly celebrating, like, I don't think that I'm beautiful in spite of white people. Like I truly think I'm beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> I just do. And I think that, you know, it's unfortunate that a lot of people don't get to feel that way. I think, uh, it's really hard being in New York when things happen in the South that feel specifically targeting black women, because on the one hand, I see myself in them and I want to go help, but I'm also like, I got to protect my own energy. And like, you know, there is racism everywhere. It's not sure. like, you know, I've definitely been called the N word in New York. Like it, it happens everywhere. Um, but I just think like, I just like literally just the amount of black people I saw in my life up until moving to New York was just not enough. And that was a very long winded way of saying, like, I think that I made the right choice. But I also think that, you know, if you're going through that, if you feel like you're not seeing yourself reflected or the things that people believe about you are just inherently negative, um, that's a them problem. Like some people's problems are their problems <laughs> and, you know, their loss. I truly believe their loss. Yeah. And you were just in Kentucky this week, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> How does it feel to go back? Is it? It's 
It's interesting because I'm from an area that's relatively progressive. Okay. Um, so I'm from northern Kentucky, which is like right across the river from Cincinnati, which yep. is like the line to freedom from slavery. So like, it's a little, I, you know, I think that there are still things that I'm like, oh, this is rough. But I, going back now, a lot of the people I grew up with have truly grown up. Uh, a lot of them ended up with black people and they have mixed kids. And I'm like, that's changed at least something about mm-hmm. the way they perceive it. But it's it's just it is a different world. And I do think it's a slower place, um, just pace in general. And so, you know, in New York, where I feel like month to month, like the way we address other people and the way that we feel about things change and like it's important to change and people like sort of make that a part of their identity here where it's like we're willing to be open we're willing to hear things you know I feel like I'm just now seeing that in Cincinnati and it's like that way about sort of everything like they just got sidewalks in a lot of the neighborhoods I lived in so it's like what you couldn't even yeah like when I was growing up there you couldn't even walk to a neighbor's house to meet them you know what I mean like it was like you have to be in a ditch walking on the side of the road and so it's like those very small things do have an impact and I think that I truly think the internet has helped as well like I think just seeing more, you know, I just literally lamented how many people we look at on a daily basis. But I also think like now, you know, that the experience you're having isn't the same everywhere. Yeah. And so I think that like, it's really hard then to maintain these ideas, these backwards ideas when it's like, but I'm looking at black people who are thriving elsewhere. I'm looking at black people in my neighborhood who are happy. Like, I, I think that like the representation you don't necessarily feel in your neighborhood is sort of eradicated by seeing it elsewhere online. I guess that sounds like it's something that social media is actually good for. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely think that for marginalized communities, like, it can often feel like things have never been worse, which is so stupid. Like, things have absolutely been worse. But, like, you know, it's it's definitely worse than it was eight years ago. <laughs> you know? Um, but I do think that, like, there's never been a better time to be me. And that's you know, evident from all media. Like <laughs> I just didn't exist in media until like 2008. Like it just, you could not find a 20 something black girl to save your life. <laughs> so I just think, I think in that way, social media really has opened up the world for a lot of people in ways that are often not explored. Yeah. Well, that's kind of an interesting segue because, um, you just did the cover story for Teen Vogue and you profiled Storm Reed. Yes, she's so cute. Did you know her before? No. How did this whole thing come about? Like, how did you get the gig writing yeah. the cover story? It was super wild. So, like, I do have, like, a writing background outside of the book. I used to work for Fusion and MTV. And so I wrote a lot of, like, just essays and uh, articles like on a daily basis. Um, and so I feel like I have some connections in New York media, but honestly, the new editor at Teen Vogue uh, reached out to me on Twitter and was like, I don't know if you're going to want to do this. And I'm like, are you joking? Like, this is such an honor. Um, I mean, I've never done a cover story before. So I was like, I was very nervous. Like <laughs> she was nervous as like a 15 year old girl meeting <laughs> a stranger to talk about like her upcoming summer of projects. And I was just like, Oh my God, I hope that I'm doing the right thing. Like I don't, I don't know how I'm supposed to be at a dinner with a teenager. Like, I just don't know. <laughs> like, can you drink? Like, exactly. I was like, I can't get you a drink. Like, <laughs> it's fun. They're not going to card me again. Um, 
But it was really, really amazing. She's so smart and interesting and funny. And it just sort of like was very serendipitous. Well, wait, can you talk about who she is? Because I looked it up because I hadn't heard of her. Yeah. I don't know a lot of teens. That's, that's yeah, literally same. fair. I mean, like I was. <laughs> we sound so old. Yeah. Like, well, no, when I listened to like my notes back several times over the course of dinner, I'm like, so I don't have any teens in my family. So like, I don't think I've talked to a teenager like forever. And she's like, weird. Um, But uh I completely forgot the question. <laughs> oh, can you just say who she is? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so Storm Reed is an actress. She is very young. She's turning 16 in July, which is great. Um, but she, her first big film that she was in for like five minutes, and she said that in the <laughs> interview, was 12 Years a Slave. Then she had a really big breakout in A Wrinkle in Time, which Ava DuVernay directed and Oprah was in and Mindy Kaling. I love that one. It was very sweet. Yeah. I watched it on a plane. <laughs> it's <laughs> which just a thing. good thing to watch if you're having a bad day. Yeah, it's very colorful and just like uplifting and exciting. Yeah. And so that was sort of her big breakout. But this summer she is in two projects. She's in the new show Euphoria on HBO, which is already getting a lot of uh, news <laughs> for, you know, excessive nudity. But it's also like a huge departure for her and for Zendaya. Like just neither of them have been in anything this provocative, mm -hmm. which is, I think, great. And then she was also in um, When They See Us on Netflix. So I think that like she's definitely a star to watch. Okay. Yeah. Cool young actress. <laughs> oh my god, she was born in two thousand three. Oh my god, I stop know, it! That's I know. when I graduated college. Like this is after nine eleven, which is interesting. In Euphoria, yeah. like one of the first lines is like, "I was born like, uh, like the week of nine eleven. And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> like, oh my god, it's just, it's, yeah. it's hard for me to imagine not wow. living that. But yeah, yeah, it's it's nuts. But she gives me so much hope for future generations. Like truly. I I have no worries at all. Teens are so much better than us. Like they they're are. so much more woke. Oh my god, so much more. Like, yeah, they know everything. Yeah, like they're just the internet really did help them. Like I feel like growing up, people were like, oh, they're gonna have like no attention span. I'm like, I mean, even if they don't, <laughs> they're making better choices. Yeah, I'm like, it made us trash people. And like, how'd they get this? Exactly, bargain? exactly. They had like more educational websites. I was on E-Bombs World every day. Yeah, like, like you were having cyber sex, not you, but like it was like. I was definitely in chat rooms, like yeah. pretending to be 22 when I was 10. Like, yeah. <laughs> and like yelling at everybody for cussing. <laughs> they're like, what are you, 12? And I'm like, no. You know what I used to spend so much time doing on the internet? There was this game on Yahoo called Slingo, which was like slot bingo. Oh my god! Oh my god! I play. I spent so much time playing Slingo. Yes, I played a lot of. Um, I did. I was on Neopets a bunch, Ooh. and like that was like a big thing for me. There's like a chapter in my book that was not supposed to end up being about Neopets, and then totally, it's just like a recap of what Neopets is. But I did that, and I don't know if anyone remembers Zoog Disney. No, so it was like. Disney Channel after 4 p.m. would become like kind of like their middle school <laughs> channel. Like okay. it was no longer for babies. It was called Zoog Disney. And it was like all these robots from space called Zoogs. And like they had all these games. I played every day. Like it oh, was wow. like my mom would be like, get off the internet. I need to call your aunt. I'm like, I'm playing Disney. <laughs> oh my God. No, that didn't stick with me. You know what? I, mean, I listen, you're you know missing what I nothing. can't get rid of? <laughs> what? Stick Stickley's address. Oh my gosh. Yes. Wait. Right to me, Stick Stickly, P.O. Box 963, New York City, New York State, 101. 
I yes. don't know what this is. I feel so. I it's feel, a popsicle stick with a yellow nose. <laughs> it is. It's a popsicle stick with googly eyes and a yellow nose. Who was the host of Nickelodeon's afternoon programming? Yes. Because like that was the host talent that you were able to get. Yeah, in it was the a 90s. literal popsicle stick with a hand attached. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I met Six Stickly at Comic Con like three years ago. No, you didn't. And they were like, "Do you want to do the song?" And I really froze up on the like. P.O. Oh. Box. Like, I was like, oh, I don't remember the exact P.O. box, but I do know the zip code. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, if that. I, like, went to jail, like, the only things that I can remember are, like, Stick Stickly address, Stick Stickly's address, and, like, where to call Scruff McGruff. That's fair. That's fair. He's definitely out there waiting for us to call the crab dog, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, it's like, you get one phone call, and it's like, I guess I'm going to call Scruff McGruff <laughs> because it's a Oh my god! Yeah, honestly, if you get amnesia, people are gonna be like, "She says her address is Stick Stickley's address." Yeah, no, it's real bad. Her? It's real bad. That and my childhood phone number. That like, that's real. Oh, I still know mine. Yeah, yeah, but me too. That's useless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely. Yeah. I don't even think the like code exists where I'm from anymore. Oh, really? Yeah, like they switched it in Kentucky from oh, 606. Wow. So it's like none of it's right. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I do remember like the day my mom was like you get to be on the answering machine and I was like four and like I had heard her voice so many times that I just had it memorized and I'm like yeah. you have just reached <laughs> like I'm so excited <laughs> like wow I'm really getting put on my mom is like gassing me up <laughs> don't mess this up it's one take <laughs> you know this phone number tell them what they called <laughs> I have no idea how we got here but I want to talk more about your writing a yes. word let's talk about it Okay, wait. So what's your writing process like? You said you wrote the book for four years. Yeah, for I assume four years. you don't get four years to write a Teen Vogue cover story. No, that was uh, very different. It took, that was like a month. Okay. And I was surprised that they like had it that far out, honestly. I was like, so next week? They're like, no, you could take a little bit more time with it. But like, what's your process like? Do you have a process? So my process involves lots of snacks and endless breaks. Um, okay. <laughs> I have an office in my apartment. So I just post up there and I surf the internet for a very long time. Uh, I realized literally as I was doing Storm Reads cover interview that like when I was writing it, I'm like, oh, there's transcription software. I could have just recorded it directly into this instead of having to type word by word. So I kind of messed that up. I'm a little of an old fogey in that regard. But I am, um, yeah, I I kind of procrastinate hard. Okay. But I think that my thoughts are better when rushed, truly. Like, I think that's why I'm a good podcast guest. Oh. Like, I think that that's just a skill set I have. And so I spend all week thinking about what I'm going to say. And then most of it doesn't make it in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm like, pretty much can write it all the way through once I just decide. And I'm very angry wow. and I listen to loud music. There's a podcast I love. Not a podcast. Um, a, spo- a playlist on Spotify that okay. I love. I don't follow the user. I don't know how I found this playlist. I promise you, it just happened to me. It's called If I Was a Tarantino Stripper. Sure. And it's just like very smoky, weird, like 60s and 70s music. And like for some reason, my brain just like turns off and I'm like, let's go. <laughs> Wow, I have a lot of decks to make later today. I have a lot of work that I've yes. put off. It's a Friday <laughs> yeah. afternoon. Like Tough. maybe I'll go find that playlist. I'm telling you, it, it'll probably like inspire you. To, it's a pretty nice day. You could go to a rooftop bar and not, right? <laughs> if yeah. you want to go do that to that oh, playlist, can I have to? It's uh, I yeah. To. I don't believe in have to. I believe in extending deadlines <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> upending people's expectations. <laughs> I love that. That's uh yeah. So if you take any advice away from today's episode, <laughs> overpromise, underdeliver, <laughs> and then just like really hound them with an invoice at the end. <laughs> I, like, I need to pay my rent today. They're like, you're not getting that money, <laughs> and that's how it works. Yeah. 
Wait, so let's talk a little bit about books. Yes. So what are your three favorite books of all time? That is such a difficult question. I think that I go through a lot of phases. I know that there are books that I like enjoyed a ton that I like keep going back to. Um, in terms of fiction, there's this book that I literally lost in a swimming pool, but I had just finished it. So that was ideal. Um, and I should probably rebuy it. It was called The Fourth Bear. And it's just like a weird satirical book about like the three bears and Goldilocks, but like this fourth bear that ended up like showing up. So they're all sort of like arguing their case, but like all of the characters are characters from that fairy tale, but they're like legitimate, like detectives and things. And it's not oh, a kid's book. It's very great. thick. It's endlessly in my Amazon cart. Right I now. loved it. And like, I think about it pretty much all the time. Um, I'm a big Samantha Irby fan. Like, Oh my God. Yeah. My soul. Yes. I'm hoping she blurbs my book. We don't know. <laughs> we never know things, but, uh, I love meaty. Like it came to me at a perfect time in my life. My friend lends it to me and she took it back, which I'm like, that's never happened. <laughs> like, people don't <laughs> usually want their books back. And she was like, I need that. I'm like, so I had to reorder it, which was totally the right move. And now I started lending it out and not asking for it back. So I probably bought this book like 10 times, but I just think that Samantha Irby is so funny, so original. And like, I mean, the things that she's willing to tell you just aren't. Like, so good. She's great. And then, gosh, a third favorite book. Oof. I gotta, I gotta say something smart. <laughs> I mean, you What's don't have like to. Infinite Jest. No, yeah. I did not even start reading that, and I won't. Um, I mean, we started our podcast about young adult books. You don't have to say yeah, something that's smart. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, what's You're a book in- that I, like, really like that I've read a bunch? Oh, there's so many. I mean, I guess I would say... I don't know if these are my favorite books, but these are books that I love. Sure. Um, Mindy Kaling's first book is Everyone Hanging Out Without Me is the reason I moved to New York. Really? Yes. And your book was compared to that. I, which is the most flattering. That's the cool. <laughs> I would die. I, she's great, but like she has a chapter in the book called like, uh, I love New York and it likes me okay. But she talks about like babysitting and just writing her like passion projects at night. And I'm like, that's possible. Like that, yeah. I never considered New York possible. Like I really thought it was like if you just go to like Forty Second Street and do jazz hands, like, <laughs> someone would notice you. It's like no, you just do the work in your free time, and that really appealed to me as someone who was like, you know, had a day job and was making YouTube videos at night. It's like that's that I could get down with that, and so I really, really loved that book. And I like people have asked to borrow it, and I'm like, no. <laughs> Well, what about what's the best book you've read this year? Ooh, this year. This is, ooh, ooh, ooh. I just read, um, so for BookCon, I did a panel called, it was like the social justice panel, which like sounds like a drag, but it was honestly the best panel, like everyone said, even Publishers Weekly. So <laughs> we had a great time. We got to go to BookCon next you year. You got to We were go. out of town. We were out of town. We it's, had one of our live I shows. I mean, listen, that's fine. They do it every year. But um, they Elizabeth Acevedo has a new book called With the Fire on High. And it's about like a young woman who is like a young mom, like a teenage mom, but she um, loves to cook. And for her, like the not impossible thing, but her dream is to be like a chef somewhere. And it's so like you feel like you're in the book. And I loved it so much. I can't recommend it enough. Also, the cover is stunning. Like say the name of the book again uh, with the fire on high. Okay. And it is, I mean, I, I see Grace on Amazon right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, I'm like watching. Like, by the end of every episode, we all have like a hundred dollars of new things in our. In <laughs> yeah, our you're like, here we go. <laughs> you got to get some affiliate. Oh, I typed in with and Amazon immediately pulled 
the fire. The fire on high. Yeah. I'm not sure if Alexa is just listening to me over yeah, there yeah, and yeah. like feeding my suggestions. He's dropping. I always yell at mine. Here oh, we go. there goes Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Leave us alone. Go away, Alexa. So, so wait, what about your book? So Ooh. how did the process or how did it come about? that you got a book deal. Yeah, that was Like, how did you figure weird. out what you wanted to write about? It was unlike any book deal that has ever happened. I will tell how you that. So? so I, uh, my editor for my book was, ended up being a girl that I did an improv class with. Okay. And so very serendipitously, I was working at MTV. She worked at Penguin when they were still in the same building downtown. And so I saw her at the elevator years after having seen her in class. And she was like, we should go to lunch. Um, I had this YouTube series called Tipsy Book Review where I get drunk and review a book. Love that. <laughs> it was really fun. And she was like basically just pitching me books that I could potentially have on the show. Um, and that was great and everything. And then she was like, well, you should meet with my publisher. So we went to lunch. We had a great lunch. We all told stories. We were laughing, whatever. A week later, they came back to me and they were like, so what's your book about? And I'm like, I don't, I don't have a book. Like, I just, <laughs> I just like eat lunch, like, <laughs> especially when it's free. <laughs> like, honestly, I could have been at lunch with anybody. Like, I don't, I don't really, like, it's not a dream of you mine. You were very secondary to this. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, I, <laughs> there's no book coming. Like, get over it. Um, and they were like, well, you had so many funny stories and they sort of were like, why don't you write about some of these things that you brought up at lunch? And they had like taken notes and I was like, what? what? <laughs> like, I don't even remember what we had for lunch, much less what we discussed. Um, and so, yeah, it was pretty much like within a month, like I had like talent agents and at that agency, they have like a book agent. So they were like, great, she's going to negotiate the deal. And it was like, great, you need to write this book within a year. And that did not happen. Four years later. <laughs> but in yeah. my defense, they got a really good deal. Like when they gave me the book deal, I probably had 5,000 followers on Twitter. I think my like YouTube was popping, but it was like, I I just wasn't a person who connected with my audience necessarily like in comments and stuff mm -hmm. you know it was more like i put something out people respond i put something out people respond like mm -hmm. i just social media has changed so much so in that way. much like yeah. if you're not engaging back with people like yeah they're like i don't they're know like, oh, i'm done with her like, yeah. With, yeah and so like it was just such a different time and like now <laughs> four years later they've gotten you know like more than 20 times the people with eyeballs on you know even potentially seeing um the book and so it sort of worked out for both of us, I think. But yeah, totally like non-conventional. Like everybody I've talked to is like, what was your, you know, book proposal? What, like, what was that process? And I'm like, it was lunch. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure we had Chinese food. So start there. <laughs> Hopefully someone will eavesdrop and be like, you should have a book. But it was, um, yeah, it was really, really just weird serendipity. Well, I can't wait to read the book. I can't wait for you to read I'm it. So it excited. all started with Chinese food. It yeah. did. That should have been the name of the book. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think Maybe that's better. Your, I'm like, let's just throw it out. <laughs> start over. I got four more years. <laughs> Legit. So I asked you this earlier before we started recording, but would you ever start your own podcast? That was a question we got a lot of. Yeah. I, I won't say never. I do think I'm a really good podcast guest. I also You're welcome here anytime. Thank you. We can so vouch much. for that. Yeah, I'm happy to be the third. <laughs> Just ruin all of your other interviews. Hey, that's fine. <laughs> but I I don't I don't know. I mean, I just, I'm not a person who does a lot of things consistently. If you followed any of my work, you know that I like to do one thing and be like, this is coming. And then it never shows up. <laughs> uh, so like, yeah, you know, I can always announce that I'm doing a podcast and not keep up with it. But 
I don't know. I think that there is potential to do a more regular podcast in the future. And that's all I can say right now. Okay. 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 Um, Let's talk about Pod Save America. Yeah. Yeah. So you might not have your own podcast, but you've been on Pod Save America. And I think that's very cool. Thank you. How did that happen? So that was another. I'm telling you, nothing in my life happens the way it's supposed to. Literally, I got an email from Tanya. Like, literally, just it was Tanya at Crooked. And it was like, hey, can we get like drinks? And I'm like, I don't know who this is. (laughs) They're like, please, I'm in New York. I'm like, great. So we have drinks uh, in Union Square. And uh, yeah, rest in peace, coffee shop. And oh, a coffee shop closed. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be a Chase Bank. Oh, <laughs> know that? That's so Rough. disappointing. Sponsored by Chase Bank. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, disappointing. It was a very nice drinks thing, and we. She's just like, we. I like your work. They like your work. We'd like you to contribute to Crooked Media. And I'm like, what does that look like? At that time, I had a full-time hosting a food show job and so i was like i don't i don't know what that means and like well you can fly out for some of the podcasts and then maybe write some stuff um and i did love it or leave it and john lovett and i just fell in love immediately like he was truly the love of my life and they just can't get rid of me is the real (laughs) tea like no matter how hard they try like hey guys i'm a part of this now (laughs) so eat chinese food Move in yes, once you have exactly. the opening. Yes, yes. And then procrastinate on your deadline. Yes, mm-hmm. that's I've exactly a lot. right. Yeah. This is a great advice episode. It's honestly like if Garfield the cat <laughs> grew up to be a person, I'm like, cool, I sleep all day and somehow my life hasn't imploded. That's <laughs> my advice. How do you feel about lasagna? Oh, it's great. Oh, okay. I hate Mondays too, so that's <laughs> like perfect. We, we did it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It, was, uh, it was very serendipitous and wonderful and I love all the boys so much much they're truly they're as good as everyone thinks they are and none of the bad things anyone has ever said is true i love hearing that yeah that's really like refreshing and reassuring (laughs) to know because if they were terrible i would probably have to like go hide under my bed yeah i just wouldn't be able to face it (laughs) But, but wait have you always been politically active or engaged yeah, which okay. is so funny. I like I think about it all the time because it's like it just feels like second nature. But mm-hmm. I went back home like we were talking about earlier and my mom gave me my high school yearbooks. And there's like a quote from me about like why people should vote for John Kerry in 2004 sure. in the yearbook. And I'm like, whoa, I've always been this person that's like, I just don't think that Bush is doing a good job. Um but that also comes from my mom. My mom is super, uh, like, just involved in politics. Like, every local election, she works the polls and was always just like, you have to vote. It's important. You have to know what's going on. Like, if they catch you slipping, that's when they're going to start changing things. And I'm like, that's a good point. Um, so, yeah, it, it's funny. I never really considered myself a political person until we became, like, we're just living in the most political time. Right. And, like, it's just, it feels like if that's the dominant cultural conversation, like, a lot of other things just feel a little like what what are you talking about like who cares you know like i can't care about your flat tummy tea right now <laughs> turns out people are in cages so like you know i just I end up i just i i think comedy makes it a lot easier to talk about politics and i've just always i've always wanted to wait so one of the questions that we kept getting when we did the little like call for questions yeah people are like is she running for office okay so this is because i tweeted one night LOL, should I run against Mitch McConnell? Yes, they were like, is she running against Mitch McConnell? And I was like, I don't think I'm going to put this in the outline. I'm but now gonna, I, I have to respond to my my constituents. Um, <laughs> hard maybe. I did have wow. a call with Justice Dims, the people who found AOC, this week. So, Oh, my God. Major maybe. 
My mom still has a house there. The law in Kentucky is you just have to live there on election day. Wow. My wow. address is still technically there, like my permanent address. Because it's like, if you move in New York, you have to get a new idea. I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah. Bump that. But I, listen, my dream job is dunking on Mitch McConnell every day for a year. <laughs> <laughs> if I could do that, um, even if I didn't win, I think it would be good for the morale of the state. But I also think I'd be a better senator. Like, who wouldn't? Like, a pile of trash would be a better senator. <laughs> so, like, and there's, I have no shame. He could bring up anything in my life. I'd be like, yeah, word. Like, it's not about me, though. Like, we all hate you. So <laughs> please go somewhere and wait for your body to die, Mitch McConnell. Okay. I am so excited to see how this evolves. <laughs> I would love it. And then, you know, I also think if I lose, I'm going to be like, great. I need to host The Daily Show. <laughs> like, that's yeah. the move. I'm like, I put it all on the line for this country. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to say, both of those jobs seem to involve a lot of leaving the house. Yeah. yeah. I know. They might be able to do it from my apartment. <laughs> We've never tried to do the Daily Show from my apartment, okay? I'm not going to say we the problem. can't say it won't work. Yeah. I don't know where the video village will fit, but <laughs> there's always across the street, you know? Right. Right. It's real. Um. Okay, wait. Going back to politics not as somebody who is running. <laughs> yeah, just... I'm not officially announced, so I can say whatever I want. Right. But, um... How? What's your advice for somebody who wants to get involved and make a difference in general or in 2020 specifically, but doesn't know how? That's a good question. Well, uh, the boys are not paying me to say this, but I think votesaveamerica.com is just a really great resource. Uh, when I did the HBO show, that was like the segment I did. And like a million people clicked and like found out how to vote and where to vote and all of that stuff. And I think that that's important like if you don't know that stuff you're not going to make a difference sure um but i do think like if you feel like you're beginning and you just want to help out it's super important to focus on local elections i think that you know because we're on twitter and we're like yelling about the president all day like it feels like that's you know wrestlemania <laughs> like that's the like the big show but there are a lot of steps leading up to that and you can't make like change where you are if you're not paying attention to those sorts of things so um I think it's just really important to find local organizations that are organizing. Um, I think it's really important to volunteer time. Uh, if you can walk, walk and, you know, canvas and do those sorts of things. But I think the more educated you are about local elections, special elections, like that's the stuff that's going to be able to push everything that you want forward. Um, and also, yeah, like I, I do think it's like a little early you know, people are announcing that they're running and people are, you know, going state to state and giving speeches. And that is great and interesting. But we do have quite a while until the election. We also have 97 candidates. Exactly. Yeah. That we're never going to meet. I'm not learning their names. I don't care. They could just stay mad. I don't give a crap. But like, until it's like down to those two, like fighting about that on the internet, I think is a big waste of time. Like, I think until there's a debate, what are we fighting about? Like, we don't know what anyone, well, we know what some people stand for, you know, right. <laughs> but there are some people we don't know. And so until that is put to the test publicly, you can spend all of your breath fighting for your candidate, or you can just like actually be active and create change where you are. So I think, you know, just use your energy wisely. What about one thing that I feel personally is like New York isn't necessarily a battleground state or yeah. at least like New York city yeah. um, where it's like, how can I, impact races or areas mm -hmm. that maybe are more 
I don't know. Like, yeah. Like swingy. Right, right, right. Like all the swing states. I mean, one thing that I think would be ideal, but no one's going to do this. Like we all have to move back to the suburbs where we grew up. Oh, okay. <laughs> we got to change our stuff. Like, I mean, those houses cost 10 grand. Let's just like take out loans, figure it out later. That's life. <laughs> Who's to say America's going to exist in five years? Take out the loan, move home, vote. But, you know, if you can't move back to where you're from and or you don't want to, fine. Um, but I think, you know, there you can always call on behalf of where you're from. I think a lot of times online people will be like, if you don't live in that state, don't call. And I'm like, you can absolutely say I'm from here. It's important to me that like the future of this state um, is, you know, is goes a different way. Yeah. I often call, you know, my representatives in Kentucky and I'm like, yuck, I, I left. I left. <laughs> but I I left because, you know, things weren't going well and yeah. I don't want it to get any worse. And like my opinion doesn't automatically not matter because I'm no longer there. Um and also it's like I think it shows that you care about the state. And so I think that you can always call representatives. I think you can always, you know, call on behalf of the people you want to get elected. Um, you know, when Beto was running, I called for Texas, like from yeah. Brooklyn. And I think that that's, you know, that's something you can do. Uh so I think just not feeling as removed. Like it's definitely you, more connected. How do you get involved in phone banking? Do you just like sign up on their website? So yeah, they, you can always sign up on the website. You know, we love Shanae here and she basically, she's Shanae. from Texas. So she had like a phone banking party at her apartment. Oh, so cool. literally like 10 people, most of whom she didn't know, like showed up with their laptops and we all had our headphones. We sat in our different corners and we just called the list and they auto call. Like if you have the Wi-Fi, it'll, auto call the next person and you just fill out like are they voting are they voting Beto yes no and like that data isn't nothing but yeah it's not your job to even convince the people just to be like are you voting do you know you're voting are you voting for this person cool if not okay bye like yeah and I think that like we just underestimate as a society like those small things yeah yeah um let's talk about your Instagram word <laughs> your if, rainbow feed I know Ugh. if you don't follow Akila on Instagram I'm telling you I'm so slept on on Instagram everybody follows me on Twitter nobody's like loving my face on Instagram no it's so good so you I, I think you went away from your rainbow right I did you gave up the rainbow but historically, historically her feed speaking. is like all one color at a time yeah it's so like pretty. real cool yes it was a labor of love. It's not dead forever. I keep telling people, I'm like, it'll come back. And I, it was a very deliberate choice. So I'm turning 30 in August. And I How wanted did you to do like, that. I'm like, telling you the planning. Did you only wear Grace is red currently for scrolling through. I'm like, looking yeah, at this. I mean, a lot of it was like color blocking my wardrobe. Um, and also like making lists of my phone. If I was in an Uber or walking down the street, I'm like, that wall is red. Come mm -hmm. back here. Um, but it's, it's definitely not an easy thing to do. It was something that was like, it made it feel like I had a reason to have an Instagram. Like it's so visually pleasing and organized. So, it's really nice to look at. Like right. if you're having a bad day, just go to Oculus feed and just scroll. Yeah. And when it's, it's like, when it's in order, like the three color blocks go like in one line. So it really is like a seamless experience. But basically I was like, this is my last summer before 30. I, also, like, I have the book coming out. There's going to be all sorts of things happening. I don't want to feel confined or, like, I can't post mm -hmm. things in the moment, um, which is, like, a big part of having a very consistent theme. But uh, it'll be coming back. Oh, okay. I'm excited. Don't worry, y'all. 
There will be colors. And I have several favorites. I think green was the best of the theme. I love the green. The green was yeah. gorgeous. The pink is pretty great, too. Though. Yeah. The pink was really an accident. Like, I had one really good picture of myself, and I'm like, well, I guess we're doing a theme. <laughs> <laughs> you were in pink for a while. I was. Pink yeah. was very long, and blue was also longer. It was like four months or something. Yeah. No, but it's so... You need to follow Keelak because it's really pretty, and you also have great stories. Thanks. Oh, yeah. I, yeah I'm, I love I, your stories. I prefer the stories, yes. <laughs> Thank you Same. all. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I love you both so much. We're just here to gas you yeah. up. Thank you. I need it. We do this <laughs> podcast just to make friends. We'll like really like someone will be like, oh, yeah, we're going to make you our friend. Oh, hell yeah. But that's the best part of having a podcast. I want to come over people here into being your friend. Yes. Yeah. I need yeah. that. Friendship. Um, this one, it, it's not certain that this one isn't from your mom. It probably is. Hey, mom. But what's, the, what's good, Marilyn? But this person just said, how does it feel to be the funniest to leave panelist in. on the crooked media shows? What was Wink it? emoji. What? How does it feel to be the funniest panelist on the crooked Ooh. media shows? Wink emoji. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's trying to be divisive here. Um, I mean, I think I the reason I like doing their podcasts is because they tend to be so heavy and like there's a lot of bad news. And I think that their games and stuff make it a little bit lighter. But I come on the show and I really don't have anything to lose. <laughs> Which I love makes that. it easier. Like, I think a lot of times it's a politician or it's somebody who's like a community organizer or something else. And I'm like, I'm just a comedian. Like, these are just my thoughts. And I love making jokes while drinking on stage. <laughs> and so it's, um, it's good. You know, I think John Lovett might want to have a word with you. <laughs> Maybe be funny. Or your mom. Yeah. My mom's like, I don't care. But <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. I, and I really appreciate that. It's, I, I think when you do podcasts, you never know how you're doing. So I feel like I always That's get so really true. good. Yeah. Like I also, people always comment on my laugh because it's very like boisterous and loud and like, like in a good way, like they like it, but I don't hear it. You know what I mean? Like you just don't hear your own laugh all the time. Well, I mean, it's good to have some laughter when you're like, politics is a black hole. Sometimes. Yes. It's so. never ideal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. We have a couple questions that we always ask everyone. Number one, what is something you are obsessed with right now? It can be a product, a person, literally anything. Products or a person. It could be a book, a show, I'm watching a lot of TV. Tell us. What have I been watching a lot of? Um, You know what's funny? I've been watching... So Handmaid's Tale is back, which I right. love. Yeah. It's just very heavy. So I like to counter that when I watch that at night with like just Bob's Burgers. Okay. And that show has nine seasons and like you can pick any episode and have a good time. Like my mom doesn't watch cartoons. She's like from the generation. It's like, that's for children. It's stupid. I'm like, I don't, I don't think it's that bad. Mom. <laughs> like she will sit through endless episodes. I just think it's very light. Um, but I also really like uh, Tuca and Birdie. I've never even heard of that. So yeah, what's Tuka, that? Oh, my gosh. So Tuca and Birdie is by what the uh, illustrator, animator for BoJack Horseman. Okay. So it's this woman, Lisa Hannawalt, who has excellent books. Uh, she has one called Hot Dog Taste Test. Another one called like My Dirty Dumb Brown Eyes. <laughs> we have so many follow-ups after this episode. It is. Like, Hot she, Dog Taste Test. It's so like, and she, so she like, hand writes all of the essays in the books but then also like does comics and will do like 
weird drawings and like sometimes it's an interview with a chef and like she describes the noodles but they all like have boobs and stuff like it's so weird she's the weirdest person i think i've ever read or like her animation is crazy um but she draws she drew bo jack horseman Woo, words she drew bo Mm. she drew Bo Jack Horseman <laughs> and she has a new show on Netflix called Tukin Birdie voiced by Ali Wong and Tiffany Haddish and it's just what? like oh my god we're gonna love so this it's so cute it's all animal puns and like two girls who were roommates living their lives but they're birds it's so good okay I like it's endlessly watchable there's like 10 episodes and it's like in ways profound even though there's like literally like boobs and butts and like every scene like the like every part of their home has boobs it's so weird i love it okay i'm sold i'm i'm sold i'm sold yeah. on an episode i'll, mm-hmm. I'll check yeah, it out you definitely yeah. should i highly recommend if you don't like it you don't like me and that's <laughs> oh wow oh that's an ultimatum yeah dang i, I probably should have gone that high. <laughs> maybe you like me wait so what's an instagram account that you love right now oh wow wait hold on I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna look it up. There's this girl that I followed recently. She's so talented. She's um she draws as well. I'm it's like the one not the only one, but one of the main ways I'm not talented. I cannot draw to save my life. Like if you told me to draw a house, I'd I'd like draw a shoe. Like I'm just not good at it. Nothing I draw looks like what it is. (laughs) I like peaked at age six. Um but there's this girl who draws these amazing portraits of like she'll go to brunch with someone and then just draw them what? and like take notes about what they're doing but her pages uh i don't know how to say her name i think it's kritika but it's k-r-u-t-t-i-k-a and like i conned her into going to brunch with me this sunday because i literally was like i just am such a narcissist i need to see what oh, you she would did draw. something about dunkin donuts yes she's We're big dunkin people over here. yeah you love dunkin mm-hmm. are you all from boston yeah. I went to college there, so I... Word. <laughs> I'm honorary. I dig it. I'm from Cape Cod, but I went to college in Boston as Where'd well. Where'd you go? Bentley. Hey. Yeah. BC. Word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> love it, love it. Um. Yeah, I'm definitely going to follow this. Last yeah. question for you. Oh my gosh, what last you, one? What are you reading right now? What am I reading right now? I am reading... Oh my gosh, I've been reading like one chapter a day, so... <laughs> which is not enough, I gotta tell you. Um, but Samantha Herbie has another book called We Are Never Meeting in Real Life. And it is the perfect, like, while you're drinking coffee and not sitting on your phone, just reading, like, one chapter outside. I do it every day. It's almost over. I'm very sad about it. But I got a ton of books at BookCon that I'm, like, really looking forward to reading. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the one I'm currently reading. Okay. Love it. So... You have earned your very own desperation minute. <laughs> I mean, my whole life. <laughs> desperation you, minute. <laughs> so every week, mm-hmm. we have our own desperation minute where we tell people where to follow us, where to find us, what they can do. So go for it. Awesome. How can people support you? Hell yeah. Um, my Venmo account. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but for real. No, I'm kidding. Um, uh, so I'm on Twitter at Akila. obviously. I'm there more than anywhere online. And we just have fun there. It's a very fun page where I just say anything. Um, please follow my Instagram. I'm not bad to look at. You can even mute me, but like, <laughs> follow me. What's your I'm handle? At Akila H-A-K-I-L-A-H-H. People always think it's Akila, but it's just... That's what I thought it was. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's huge. It's... 
dumb. I it, probably should have put Alpha. Oh, the hues. Yeah, duh. Yeah. I was yeah, just like, yeah. oh, it's just expressive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, I messed up. And also, Akila was taken. Um, um, where else am I? Uh, I'm on YouTube. I don't make a lot of videos anymore, but I do make them sporadically. And if you're the kind of person who subscribes, totally subscribe to that. Um, I do a lot of comedy shows if you're in New York City, so just follow me in those places. I promote them. Uh, follow me on Crooked Media stuff. I do love it or leave it like every other month and it's the joy of my life. And uh, yes, please go buy my book. Obviously stories from my timeline. You can pre-order it. It'll come the day it comes out. I'm also recording the audiobook. So if you like this sexy alto voice, you're going to love the audiobook. Also, I'll probably laugh through the whole thing and they'll be like, Oh, we're just going to put like ODB on this and just let it go. <laughs> like, <laughs> they assume no one's going to hear it. Um, I think that's it. <laughs> thank you for being here buy thank her book follow her me. on instagram do her things yeah. yeah thank you all you all are just delightful oh, we loved having you on <laughs> thank you yay so before we get into all of our obsessions let's take a quick word from one of our sponsors so today's episode is sponsored by HelloFresh. HelloFresh delivers easy seasonal recipes and pre-measured ingredients right to your door all you have to do is cook and enjoy so we're finally back from loads of travel, and personally, I am excited to eat healthier and to cook at home. But being home does not mean that I have grown to love grocery shopping and meal planning. And personally, I have been known to get overwhelmed and order takeout too often. So I have been really excited about HelloFresh because they have great recipes that can be cooked in 30 minutes. I have 30 minutes. It's so easy. I really love it because it helps me break out of my recipe rut, just cooking the same two things over and over and over. So every week, you get to choose from 17 seasonal chef-curated recipes. Yeah, good selection. I personally was a little hesitant about committing because my schedule is just such a mess, even outside of our live shows. But um, the service is really flexible, which I didn't realize before. And you can change your delivery day, you can change your food preferences, and you can really easily skip a week whenever you need to. So I, it sounds so cheesy, but I feel like it really does work with my life. It just makes cooking so much easier. I feel like it's cooking class in a box. Um, last week, I cooked the most delicious chicken cheddar fajitas. Yum. Oh, my God. They were insane. The only complaint I had was that I had so many leftovers, so I was just cooking for me. That's not a complaint. It's not a complaint. That's lunch. That's it was lunch. It was less lunch. less cooking that you need to do. Yes, that's true. But they were so good. So if you're ready to try HelloFresh, you can get $80 off your first month of HelloFresh. Go to HelloFresh.com backslash BOP80 and enter code BOP80 at checkout. So again, $80 off your first month of HelloFresh. Go to HelloFresh.com backslash BOP80 and enter code BOP80 at checkout. It's such a good deal. Go do it. $80 worth of free food. Yeah. That's a lot of money off. Yeah. Wow. Wait, so besides HelloFresh, what are we obsessed with this week? Oh, so you influenced me. Mm-hmm. So This I, is the best, you guys. So I got this. And if you buy it, go click on my blog because I did a sponsored post about it and I need the clicks. Thanks. <laughs> oh, wow. Greedy. Um, so I tried the Ole Henriksen Banana Bright Eye Cream because I saw you talking about it and I ran over out of Over and over again. And I ran out of eye cream at just the right time. And um, I bought it myself. It not sponsored anyway um it's pretty i'm cheap. the only one who's sponsored <laughs> it's pretty cheap it was like 30 36 36 um and it's a vitamin c eye cream 
and I feel like my eyes uh, tend to get dark circles. So I'm hoping that this will help with that over the next like four weeks. But pretty immediately, like I do feel like my under eyes are way more hydrated. Mm-hmm. Um, and it especially is really good right before you put on concealer. Yes, that's what I like about it is that the formula is developed to work with concealer because a lot of eye creams are, are really rich and creamy and great for bedtime, but they'll like cause an oil slick with your concealer. No, I really like the feel of it. So I've been using it for about a week and I'm very impressed so far. It's wonderful. And I like the smell. Yes. It smells lightly like bananas. It's it not like very banana. Like just a little bit. You should try the primer next if you're looking for another purchase. It's really good. I'm not. Okay. I wasn't even looking for this one. I know. I know. I'm like a beauty salesperson. But I just ran out of eye cream and here you were. The primer smells so good. Like I know I don't really need primer because I don't really wear makeup during the day, but sometimes I put the primer on just to be like extra glowy. Well without I, any I like makeup. this so much I might try it. What about you? Mine, I have two. So the first is Katie Storino, who was a guest on this podcast. She was our first guest back in January, and she's our good friend. She just did a collection of clothing with Stitch Fix, and she gave me a couple of the pieces. I have like a cute little matchy-matchy set, which you saw, and this rainbow stripe caftan, which is my favorite thing in my closet right now. Like I have no beach plans, but like I might just wear the caftan for the hell of it because I love it so much. Do you have the red jumpsuit? No, but I, um, so then this is not, again, this is not sponsored, but it's going to sound like it. I ordered a stitch fix with my own money and it's coming tomorrow, July 2nd. Did you get the red jumpsuit? Yes, I asked for it. Oh, it's so cute. Katie's been wearing it everywhere on her Instagram and I, I'm, I don't own any jumpsuits, but I am very tempted. So I have a fear of jumpsuits because I um, have a long torso. And also whenever I sit, they like get wrinkly in my crotch and like mm-hmm. lap area. Mm-hmm. And then I just like walk around with like these wrink- this wrinkles over my stomach crotch area, which just is not a flattering thing that anyone needs. Sure isn't. So I got it. I'm going to try it on and see if it doesn't wrinkle because it looks like it's like a wrinkle free fabric. It looks like it's like not cotton or linen into it so i love that jumpsuit i will report back what else are you obsessed with my other obsession is Ilya. so I, i've talked about at least in our live shows the Ilya eyeliner that tara gave me oh no but i feel like when we were traveling like last summer in morocco you had an eyeshadow stick from Ilya. no that was joey no just kidding yeah joey is great too and i love i love that rose gold eyeshadow stick that you used it was so pretty on you did you ever buy that no i forgot about it until this literal minute i'll get you one okay so Ilya is a completely clean um i i i I get all mixed up i don't i don't think we're supposed to say natural it's a clean beauty brand they sell it at folane and credo and a bunch of different places um, they were so happy because I keep talking about the eyeliner on my stories. <laughs> they were like, we want to send you some more things to try. So today, before this podcast that I just I just filmed a podcast with my friend and it, it got filmed like for YouTube. So I wanted to look nice. So I tried out their primer, their foundation, their concealer. The concealer is a lot like the NARS creamy concealer. I loved it. The foundation is super lightweight. It's almost more like a tinted moisturizer. Um, I tried the mascara. I tried the brow gel. I love it all. Like, I think it's a great line. You will like the mascara because it's a lot like a comb. Oh, great. I'm always on the hunt. Yeah. So I'll show you the applicator after this. It's good. But I love this brand. I like that it's all clean and safe. I've been trying to integrate more clean cosmetics brands into my um, arsenal because I'm really good with body care. I'm pretty good with skincare. I'm not so good with clean makeup. 
so I'm I'm into this brand. Okay. Yeah. This this was a long obsession, <laughs> and it sounds like an ad, but it's not. <sighs> Becca, how about on Instagram? Okay, so Ashley Spivey, who you know that I love, and I always rave about how good her book recommendations are, made a specific Instagram account just for her book picks. So it's called Spivey's Book Club. And a lot of people are probably already in her book club on Facebook, but this is all of her book recommendations. And she's the person who turned me on to the idea of you. She turned me on to I'll Give You the Sun. Like, there is only one thing I've ever read that she recommended, which we'll talk about in a minute, that I haven't loved. And so I'm very excited to have all of her book recs in one place because I have learned if Ashley Spivey recommends it. Ashley, you should read it. Yeah, she has the best taste in books. She's my favorite bookstagrammer. What's yours? Mine is at Trini Woodall. And so this happened when I was did my poll on Instagram where I was like, what drives you nuts? And I was then I was like, who do you think is doing a good job? And a lot of people said Trini. I didn't know who she was, but she is the founder of Trini London, which is a beauty brand. Um, I just get a kick out of her. She's super real. She's really funny. I feel like that we'd be friends in real life. Um, just really like everything she does. Oh, I've literally never heard of this person. I hadn't either. Um, but she has almost 500,000 followers. I also don't know what Trini London is. Yeah, it's. I think it's a, a British brand. Oh, okay. Yeah, she was talking about this blur cream today, and I was like, I want that. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. What about reading? Have you been reading anything? Yes. Well, when Becca and I were in Nashville, we did take an Uber over to Parnassus Bookstore, and I bought two books, and I read them. I've already read both of them. Oh, my God. Both? Uh-huh. I got home last night, and I I did my um, my infrared blanket, and then I was, like, so sweaty and so tired that I just laid in bed and read until 11 p.m., and then I wrote my blog post for today. <laughs> wow. Okay. Tell me Okay. Tell me the scoop. So the first one, you know, I was reading when we were in Nashville, and I wasn't psyched about it. It was called Waiting for Tom Hanks by Kerry Winfrey. You guys, first of all, I don't even know why I bought this book because it's not my genre. Like, it's so cheesy looking, but I was like, I want something light and fluffy. I really struggled. The first 120 pages, I felt like um, I just felt really annoyed with the protagonist, like similar to how Becca felt about 99% mine. I found I hated the main character. I hated her. She was so whiny. She constantly was like, well, Tom Hanks wouldn't do this. Tom Hanks wouldn't do this. And I was like, okay, you've is made Tom your Hanks point. even a babe anymore? Like, Tom Hanks is kind of just like a... The whole concept is that she, like, wishes her life was a romantic comedy. And, like, she wants to find, like, one of the characters played by Tom Hanks. Okay, so she wants vintage Tom Hanks, not yes, present day. Not present day. Tom and she Hanks. clarifies that. She's like, I'm 27. I'm not trying to get with, like, a 60-year-old man who's married. Yeah, that was my first reaction. Is I was like, oh, Tom Hanks is the top of the chart? No, no. She wants, like, one of, like, someone like one of his characters. Okay. And compares everyone she meets to a romantic comedy. So... Just, I mean, imagine that. She's annoying. But it did get cuter towards the end. And I, I'd, I'd give it like a solid B minus C plus. Um, so I don't know that that's the most glowing recommendation. I'm also not a huge romance reader. So if it's overly saccharine or too, or too cheesy, I'm out. Um, the next one I really enjoyed. And that was called How Could She by Lauren Meckling. And that one I really liked because it's about three women 
Um, they had all worked together in Toronto, and then two of them moved to New York, and then one of them's left behind. And the one who's left behind is reeling from this broken engagement and is kind of floundering and not really sure what she's doing with her life. Um, she doesn't love her job. She's kind of bored, whereas it seems to her, at least, that the other two that live in New York have everything all figured out. So one of them is a mom, and she's a writer, and she's writing all these young adult books. The other one is an artist and, like, very influential and has, like, this whole very fancy life and she's this big tastemaker and everything. So Geraldine, who's the one who's in Toronto, moves to New York and, like, just realizes life isn't as glamorous as it looks on social media and the internet. I am very excited to read this one. The premise sounds really good. I've heard some buzz about it. I'm excited. Yeah, it's a very real look at, like weird nuances between friends but um i really enjoyed it it also t- want geraldine becomes a podcaster which of course i love oh yeah so it's a good look at the me- the world of media okay i'm yeah. very interested i think i'm gonna put this my next in my queue yeah i think you'll enjoy it the last one is what i just started last night and i already know i'm gonna be obsessed with it it is Save Me the Plums, which a few of you have recommended to me. And it's by Ruth – I'm going to mess up her last name. It's R-E-I-C-H-L. Reichel? Reich? I don't know. I don't know if the L is silent. I'm, I should have looked that up first. But she is um, the the editor – she was the editor-in-chief of um, Gourmet Magazine. And I grew up reading Gourmet. It was my dad – the only ma- magazine my dad got. So, like, I love that. It's all about, like, her – she was kind of like this food writer that like did not she wanted to build a brand that was relatable and something that every american could identify with versus something that was really stuffy and overly fancy and she kind of turned the magazine around and i'm only a few chapters in but i love her voice i love the way she writes apparently there are recipes interspersed and she like really like takes you um kind of behind the scenes into what this world is like you know that I love anything about working in a magazine so that's great but I also love anything about food so I w- I stayed up reading this last night until my eyes started to hurt and I had to put it down I might want this one after you're done you're gonna love this this is like I can tell this is already gonna be like an a plus okay I need something good to read because I've been in kind of a reading rut I'm on a streak of two books that I have not loved. Then you should definitely read Waiting for Tom Hanks. No, just kidding. Oh, make it three. Um, So the first one I read was this book called The Girl He Used to Know by Tracy Garvis Graves. And um, this was an Ashley Spivey wreck. It is the only time I've ever disagreed with her. Did not love it. Didn't hate it. I would give it a B. Um, I think one thing that happened is I put this on my Instagram story that I'd gotten in on Amazon so many people sent me messages saying it was their favorite book that they've read this year and how much they loved it. So I think I had too high of expectations. When something gets hyped to that level, it can be it can let you down so much more than it would. Yeah. So I think expectations was part of it. I do think the premise is really interesting. So it's a second chance love story. And the girl who is the protagonist is on the autism spectrum. So she is... Um, she both has anxiety and then also kind of like cognitive processing issues. And um, it's told in two timelines. The first is when she's in college. And then the second is 10 years later. She runs into her college boyfriend and wants to rekindle. Mm. Um, it's 
it was interesting. It's an interesting premise. I I didn't hate it. I, I just think that I thought it was going to be the best book I ever read, and it didn't live up to that for me. That sounds like such a bummer. I wanted, This was on my list. I wanted to read it. There was also a plot twist that made me angry. Ooh, okay. Just, just throwing it out there. So then the second thing I read that I did not love was a book called Magic for Liars by Sarah Gailey. And I bought this because it had a good cover and because it had the word magic in it. I did no research on this. I mean, I saw the cover and I was like, ooh, that's, first of all, it has a very pretty cover. I know. And magic. I know. I, I would know. Have totally that was done exactly this. my thought process. So it's a noir novel. So it's like an old detective novel, you know, where like the PI is a kind of like curmudgeonly alcoholic type um, who's solving a crime. And she's the main character is a woman and she's solving a crime at a magic high school in California. And it was not for me. It did. I will say that in the last quarter of the book, it did get better, but it was a slog to get there. And I don't think the payoff was worth it. So this was disappointing. But that said, I didn't hear anything about it. And I did no research into it. So like, I don't know what I was expecting. I feel like maybe your low this week is the books you've been reading. Um, sure. Yeah, I've had a I've had a week reading week. Yeah. But I I came home yesterday from our trip and I had a lot of new books waiting for me and I have this how could she that that you um said you read and then I also have this book that I bought last week and I haven't read yet called With the Fire on High that Akila recommended. Oh, and yeah. I'm really excited about that one too. Yeah. So I think I'm I'm ready to turn it around. Yeah. So that's what I've got. I think that's our Yeah, our I think that's episode. our episode. But if you want more of us, you should definitely join our Facebook group where people are talking about books all week long. And yes. you should follow us on Instagram at Bad on Paper Podcast. Yes, and follow me at Grace Atwood and the Stripe.com. And I'm at Becca M. Freeman on Instagram. You guys, everyone needs to follow Becca. Oh, thank you. Becca has a goal of getting to 4,000, and we need to get her there today. So let's make that our Wednesday goal. Oh, that would make me really happy. I wanted to do it in June, and I didn't quite make it. Yeah, you're close. I'm close. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.